You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 25. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. This podcast is sponsored by our all-new course, What Tech Job is Right for Me. Visit us at yourtechie.com slash start to check out our new course and find what tech job is right for you. Well, hello and welcome, UX job in three months. Is it possible? Let's dive in. So it's not only possible, this really is the best strategy. And I'm going to walk you through why that is and why we want to build a, a goal of getting hired in UX in three months. Now, some of you are out there like, yeah, that's, I've got, I've allocated six months or my family life, whatever is true for you in your life, that's great. Then adjust it and adapt it for your needs and what's going on for you. But as far as a benchmark, we want to curtail, we don't want to learn everything. We want to make sure that we're honing and focusing those skills because that's going to be a great long-term strategy. I know it sounds counterintuitive that we're talking about um, three months, which is a relatively short amount of time. Um, and I'm talking about long-term strategies, but I love to put timelines around goals. And that doesn't mean that if we don't achieve that goal, we quit. No, that's not what it means at all. It means we evaluate our progress and we look at how we can improve and iterate and change. And then we either extend the period of the goal or we adjust our learning. It's a great way to say, okay, now it's time for me to invest in this or buy this course or go to the boot camp. You, you can really look at your life and say, have I done what I said I was going to do? And if not, why not? So I really do recommend this three months to whatever. And that comes from a very personal place because I, when I was at home with the kids doing the Indeed Death Scroll, I really didn't place time limits on myself. And I just got to the point where I was just so frustrated I wanted to take action. Now, if you've been there and I've met some of you, so I know that is a great place to be because do you know what happens like when you get super frustrated and you're like, I just want it to happen. That is definitely the time when something in your life is going to change. Maybe you get hired, maybe you've been working on it. But regardless of where you are, I think that um, three months to your specific job is a great goal. And then you can apply this long term. So now, um, most people, I want to be very honest, most people are not going to be willing to do what it takes. That's, that, that's absolutely true. That doesn't make it any less possible. Just because most people aren't willing to do it um, doesn't mean that it's not possible. I also want you to understand that it isn't about you being a special person. I know you're very special. You're very special to me. I'm grateful you're here today. But you don't have to be blessed with any specific talents, and you don't have to have any specific prior experience. I'm going to tell you something that beats all of that. But before we dive into the specifics, I do want to let you know that 
there is a guide that goes along with this podcast and you can snag that guide, become a UX designer with no prior experience, five essential skills by going to urtechie.com slash 25. And you can grab that guide because I'm going to talk to you about, we've talked about learning plans. We've talked about how to get the information. If you are like, I don't even know what the skills are. You can use that guide and plug that right into your learning plan so that you can start making progress immediately. Now, when I say that most people won't do it, there are two very specific and hard challenges to overcome. The first is daily practice. So when we have a goal and we want to achieve that goal, it, it typically is something that inspires us and feels a little bit out of reach and um, honestly scary, a little bit scary. If it doesn't scare you a little bit, I think that you're going to lack motivation. That's been my experience. It's got to be just outside your comfort zone. Um, that is, so if you're like, oh my gosh, I could totally get hired, that'd be no problem, then you probably have enough skills already. Just go apply, okay? But if you are really like, I don't, ha I don't have exactly what I need, it's going to involve showing up every day and doing the work. That's the first part. Show up every day doing the work. And if you want to know what that can look like specifically, you can go to youartechie.com slash 23 where um, I talk about cutting your tech learning time in half and I go over all the details about how you can make that happen. You can take the guide from this lesson and apply it to all of that of those components and you can really build a daily practice for yourself. So, um, but I will tell you one thing that I mentioned in that podcast is that you want to schedule time with yourself and I want you to actually put this on a digital calendar and a written one if you want. Uh, those of you who know me know I'm a calendar girl. I have a blackboard chalkboard in my kitchen where we keep track of all the kids things. Actually, credit to my husband, Kevin. That was his idea. Uh, but that's where we keep track of all. If you're wondering, like, how do you manage four kids? It's through a chalkboard in your kitchen. And no, I know it's not the highest design style, but it's really effective for us. And we also have monthly charting that we put up in the office. I, I use my digital calendar. It doesn't matter which one. I use Google, but you can, you know, any of the calendaring systems work well, Outlook or iCal or whatever. And I and what you're going to do is schedule appointments with yourself. Now, I love to set that bar super, super low because I remember when I was staying at home with the kiddos and I was struggling to find time and my work time was nap time. Okay. Have you been there? Nap time. And I had, luckily I had some good sleepers for the first three, right? No animosity on the fourth whatsoever. Totally love that one. But for three of them, I had really good sleepers. And so I had a couple hours. I had about two hours of work time every day, but I actually want you to set that bar even lower. I want you to set that bar at two 25 minute segments. If you're really raring to go, and if that is too hard, set it for one 25-minute time period. Because the whole point here is to just show up and do some work. Now, 
you are going to have to ratchet that up. But it's just like with running. Every time I like go out of running and go back in, I just start off with a mile. I run a mile and then I get back into it. So we just need to kind of get back into it. And, um, you know, if you, for those of you who are laid off and you had been pulling eight hour days, don't ratchet it down to 25 minutes. Go for, go for several hours and, and schedule it that way. So it's all about where we are in our, in our place in life and where we are in our goals. But it is important to show up every single day. So if you tell me, okay, I want to be a UX designer in three months, but then you only work once a week, then for sure that is unlikely to happen. So when I say, is it possible? Yes, and it's the best strategy, but most people won't do it. Now, Daily practice is only one of the reasons that people won't do it. There is another one that, if you can believe it, is actually harder. And I see this one all the time in my coaching program. Second problem why most people won't do it is they won't get hired in three months is that they show up to do the work, but the work they're doing is not iterative of the same idea. Here's what I mean. We get into our self-selected project or our freelance project and we make some progress and then we come up against a hurdle and we think, you know what, actually, actually, this isn't the right project. Actually, I think I should have done uh, this other project. Or, you know what, I just had this pain, this huge pain point. I really, I think I'm going to shift and, and change. And every time you change, whether that's so for to get hired in three months, you need to have a one self-selected project that you go through the entire UX process and then one freelance with a capital F-R-E-E. So you give work away for free and you can do one and then the other. You can actually start the self-selected and then start the freelance that's really what I recommend because to start that freelance requires some networking and so you can be doing the self-selected while you're networking. But most people will change their mind with that project. Now, we started off this podcast assuming that you're interested in becoming a UX designer. Here's the kicker. I also see this with deciding what tech job which is why I created the course, What Tech Job is Right for Me. You can go to urtechie.com slash start if you're interested in that course. But essentially, we think, oh, I'll do this one. No, I, I really like that one. No. And here's the thing. We would be better served by picking one, spending three months dedicating ourselves to it, doing that job, and then adding another tech skill set to our toolkit. And just offering that as well, instead of, oh, I want to do this. No, I want to do that. It's really the changing of your mind that slows you down in selecting a job. And the same thing happens when we're making progress towards our skill development. So ultimately, if you want to get hired as a UX designer in three months, you need to show up every day and work on the same project. If you switch projects, you won't have what? your portfolio in that amount of time. And you need to have a portfolio in order to apply for jobs. Now, there are exceptions, there are ways around it, but essentially that's the path I recommend and it's it's pretty much a an industry standard and you're and you're going to be at a disadvantage if you don't have it. 
But what I like to recommend is a minimum viable portfolio. And I, I, I'm going to coin that. How do I, how do I label that one? That's mine. I haven't heard it anywhere else, but the term minimum viable product is not mine. And that comes from software development where we want to get the slimmest. We want to do the least amount of work to have a finished product and then test it with users and get feedback. I recommend the same exact thing with a portfolio. Here's why. It's not that I want you to, to do the least amount of work in your portfolio. It's that I so frequently see people overwork in one area and never get to completion. And it's I call it final form. You want to have a final form portfolio to show someone as soon as humanly possible. And then you can add to it. Then you can enhance it. Then you can tweak it. And you can even interview with someone and say, hey, you know what, my, I'm actually still pulling my portfolio together. I've got these other assets I haven't put in. They're not going to care. They just want to know that you've done the work. And that's, they're not probably even going to analyze it. Now, there are a couple exceptions in you know, micromanagers or if you're in a UX department where they're reviewing that, then, okay, then it's going to matter more. But so what? That would just mean you'd have to be amping up those skills and developing those skills more. And once you get to final form, then you just iterate and add to it. So this idea of iteration is so important in software development. And it's so important in um, skill development of, of anything, but also, but specifically for getting hired and getting the job that you want. So I know that the portfolio is a really, really big, big deal. And it's important to have that component. One of the things that I see frequently is that we want to over, we want to have every single asset we can think of. Okay. We want to, uh, we want to have an empathy map. We want to have a style guide. We want, those are great things to have as you go. But what is really important to be an effective UX designer is to go through the entire UX process. So, if you create all these assets, but you haven't gone through the whole process, then I think that you're really missing out and you're not adding the value that you could be adding. And the process works pretty much like this. You're going to do some initial research of users for the problem that you're working on. So people who are experiencing the problem that your software addresses. And then you'll create some deliverables, okay? You'll create some personas, and then you'll also do some user flows or, or thought process around how your product could, how your designs could solve this. And, and that's where you'll get to a point where, where you'll have designs. And those designs for UX designers come in the form of wireframes. You might also hear mock-ups, screens, or prototypes, but all of those pretty much can fall under the category of wireframes. Now, I know those wireframes are a major component in your portfolio, but you really haven't gone through the whole UX process until you do what is called usability testing or user testing on those wireframes. You need to get feedback from users on your designs, and then you go back and make those designs even better. And it's that thinking that happens between I've... I do my research, I create my designs, I get more feedback on those designs, and now I make them even better. That is UX design. That process of doing 
the thinking of analyzing users' reaction to your designs is the important part. That's the iterative process. And then we do that process every time we get a new feature or there's a new product or we have a new user for our product. That's essentially the work that you're doing. So the process is really to understand how to make decisions based on a user's needs and on their behaviors around your designs. That's the skill you want to grow as a UX designer. And too often we get distracted by the shiny new things. Again, style guides and empathy maps are really great add-ons to your portfolio, but I don't think they belong in the minimum viable portfolio. As a new UX designer, you want to make sure that you get through the process and you can communicate why you've made the decision you've made. And written form is really the best form to do this. You don't have to write pages and pages. Um, A lot of times uh, some copy or words as a label explaining why you've made this decision, that's a great thing to put in your portfolio and highly valued. I'd rather see that in a UX designer's portfolio than you know, hundreds of screens, because I can't, I can't conceptualize all that. I'd rather see three to five really great screens explained really well with data that they've collected from doing usability testing. That shows me that they've really gone through this UX process. So if you want to be a UX designer, and you want to get hired in three months, the best advice I can give you is to get through the entire process. Document what you've done through deliverables and explain in writing why you've made the decisions you've made. And that's how to be a UX designer in three months. I'm so glad that you've been here with me today. I hope you found it valuable. And remember to go to urtechie.com slash 25 to grab your guide, how to become a UX designer with no prior experience, five essential skills. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies training and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.